You are listening to What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Welcome back to yet another episode of What in the Horror with your host Lando and Tim. Today we'll be reviewing Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004 and Urban Legends Final Cut from 2000. So we will start with my movie, which is Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004. So this movie pretty much takes place after the first one. So it starts with Alice pretty much shows them getting caught by the research team and all that. And so it starts with that and everything. And she ends up uh, waking up like she did in the first one. And she ends up going out, finding a shotgun and everything. Umbrella sends a team to the hive to investigate what happened there. The team is overrun by zombies who quickly spread to the nearby Raccoon City. Umbrella reacts by quarantining the city and evacuating all the viral personnel from it. A young girl who happens to be the daughter to one of the doctors for Umbrella Umbrella, goes missing after her security guard team are involved in a car accident. Meanwhile, the disgraced Raccoon City Police Department have an operative named Jill Valentine who returns to her former precinct to help with all the other uh, officers with all the chaos that's going on and then that's when alice wakes up in the hospital and wanders outside the city where umbrella uses the only bridge out there to evacuate civilians at the bridge valentine meets her former partner peyton a civilian turns into a zombie biting and infecting him in response of the virus surging to the bridge major timothy kane leader of the Umbrella forces the yeah he forces the uh, city to be sealed up and yeah so that happens. Umbrella soldiers Carlos, Nicol and Nikolai team up with surviving police officers to rebel against the zombie attacks. Their position is overrun and Carlos ends up being bitten and infected at a separate location. Valentine, her partner, a news anchor named Terry are being overrun by zombies, and as that's happening, Alice pops in and saves them. Umbrella ends up deploying a heavily mutated super soldier named Nemesis who kills the remaining members of, of the special team that's out there in, before searching for Alice. Dr. Ashford, or Ashford, or however you say his name, hacks into the city's CCTV system and tries to find his daughter, and other survivors. Well, he ends up contacting Alice and the other survivors, offering them a way to get out of the city before the place blows up, because that's what the Raccoon City, or what Umbrella wants to do to the city. So that happens. On their way to Angela's location, Alice and the others are ambushed by Nemesis, and uh, he ends up uh, killing Peyton with a machine gun. And then he ends up turning into a zombie after attacking Valentine, which she ends up killing him. Alice engages Nemesis, but is wounded and forced to retreat separately from everyone else, luring Nemesis away from the rest of the group. Valentine and the news reporter continue picking up the stranded, end up picking up a stranded civilian named LJ, who you see in the police station in the beginning of the movie. Then Valentine meets Carlos and they 
end up finding and rescuing Angela. Although the TV chick and another cop end up both getting killed. Angela reveals that the zombie outbreak is the result of a virus created by her father to treat a genetic disorder from which she suffers from. Only by regular ingestions herself with the virus is Angela able to survive. Through, she must also take an antivirus serum to prevent turning into a zombie. Alice uses some of the antivirus to cure Carlos. Dr. Ashford gives Alice the location of the extraction point where a helicopter is waiting. The group makes it to the place but are ambushed by umbrella forces. Major Kane kills the doctor and forces Alice, whom he reveals was injected with the T virus herself, and she and he uh, tells her to fight Nemesis. Alice gains the upper hand over the super soldier, though she ceases fighting after realizing that the super soldier is Matt from the beginning of the or the yeah, the beginning or ending of the first and this movie. So Nemesis turns on Major Kane and attacks the Umbrella troops, but is killed by protecting Alice. The test, the rest of the surviving survivors sees the helicopter. They eject Major Kane out from it, and he gets killed by a horde of zombies, including the now zombified doctor. As the survivors escape, a nuclear bomb detonates over the city, and resulting the resulting blast wave causes the helicopter to crash. Alice sacrifices herself to save Angela and is impaled on a metal pole. TV footage talks about the nuclear attack as the city's nuclear plant blew up, covering up what Umbrella did. Alice ends up waking up in an Umbrella research facility and escapes with the help from, from Carlos, Valentine, LJ, and Angela. As they are escaping, another doctor named Dr. Isaacs, a top-ranking Umbrella employee, reveals that Alice's escape is part of Umbrella's plan for her, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. I mean, I did fuck up there a little bit, but it is what it is. Um, But yeah, when it comes to the rating for this, Rotten Tomato gave it a 19. Unfortunately, I totally disagree with this one. The audience gave it a 60. I think they could have went higher on that. Google, though, they gave it a 91. I can respect that one. This had a budget of $45 million, but it, and it made $129.3 million, So it clearly did pretty good. So with that being said, what are your overall thoughts there, Tim? A very good action-packed horror movie. Uh, nonstop is... N- I mean, the slowest parts where you saw the CTV, the closed caption cameras, um, watching them walk around is the only slow parts really in the whole movie. Everything else is just one thing after another. On your toes the whole time. Lots of blood. Lots of gore. The dogs were creepy. The the uh, super um, viral-like creatures were, I forget what they're called again, but uh, those were really good in the, very, in the church scene all the way through, all the way to the end. Just kind of wish he would have like snapped out of his whole control thing a little sooner at the end. It would have been could have been really interesting. But yeah, all in all, great movie. Definitely a must watch again for me. I I like these movies. This whole series is good. I almost think they kind of outdid themselves from the first movie. I believe the sequel is better than the first. So on that, um, 
my rating on this is uh well i will give it a five i was gonna say four and a half but i'll give it a five because i would watch this today again and i'd be okay with it so that's yeah that's my my rating on that one yeah i still love these films i mean my only real complaint and it's a small one is that you don't really see ellis doing her thing until much later in the film it kind of messed with me because basically from the first movie to the last it's all about her but in this one not so much in the beginning but uh anyways the uh gore was amazing along with the blood five out of five in the blood and gore department in my opinion if you were into action movies you will definitely enjoy the action in this one i loved how they make each movie better by making the story better with each movie i mean i just like that I also loved how they got Mike Epps in this movie, especially when he causes a small little car wreck after staring at two of these half-naked zombies with their titties out and about. So there's that, and there's other parts that are hilarious, but that part was my favorite for obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, now the overall story in the final fight scene made this movie worth watching multiple times. It's in my collection of movies. If you haven't seen this movie already, go watch it. And with that being said, my rating for this film is also a five-scholar rating. So with that being said, I think that is it for this one. And now we will go with Tim's movie again, which is Urban Legends, the final cut from 2000. Take it away, Tim. All right. It opens up with a plane flying through the air and a heavy storm. Filled with a raw... A bunch of rowdy college students coming back from Hawaii after spring break. One couple heads into the bathroom for uh, mile high sex. And the uh, they're in there getting going. And then uh, she reads off the words that are like um, written. It looks like in either in blood or lipstick. I think it's blood. Uh, you're going down on the mirror. <laughs> While the guy was literally doing that. So there's a little humor already in the beginning. Um, and then she they wound up opening the door. Guy gets killed, going through the whole plane, finds everybody pretty much, a lot of the people already dead. Then they just get to the cockpit. Um, another guy got killed, not him. He made it in there. They made it in, and he gets killed as they lock the door, and the guy breaks in through the door and kills him. And while that happens, uh, she's jumping into the, the uh, plane, trying to fly it and everything, and it just kind of goes, eh. It's looking like a you know typical horror movie type little thing, and then you hear, cut, cut. It was all just a film set. They were rocking it, and she was just sitting in this cockpit thing, getting rocked with a bunch of rain and storm stuff noise made. So this was all on a um, film set for a horror movie uh, for college students. Well, that's when you figure that out. And then um, when the work is completed for the day, the sound recorder, Amy Mayfield, uh, Jennifer Morrison, walks home to her dorm room, and it's revealed that it's she's an aspiring filmmaker, filmmaker wanting to write and direct her own movie someday. Next day, Amy's in class, her fil other film student, when a talk of the Alfred Hitchcock Film Award and a thesis film projects are mentioned. Uh, this is an award that almost guarantees you a chance to make your own film in Hollywood. Um, so Amy is given a ride by Reese Wilson, Lorda Devine, Devine uh, to campus, the campus security guard. Uh, the two of them talk about Pam Greer and both fans of her movies. And Amy tells Reese she has a film due, but cannot think of a good story. Reese tells her that a few years ago she was a security guard. Well, technically she doesn't tell her she was, although she does let her kind of know what a hint in the end. But there was a bunch of uh, murders on a campus that she was previously on. And then 
she was transferred out afterwards after all these um, peculiar murders that had to do with urban legends. So, of course, this gives her an idea of making a film about you know, a horror film. So she goes and she talks to her professor, Solomon, and then gives him an idea. And even though the other guy that was in the office kind of snubs out her, his nose on it, because apparently her family is not known for that. They're known for more documentary type stuff. So uh, her father was a part of that. And then so the, but the professor thinks it's a great idea. That evening, uh, film student Travis Stark is in a bar with his girlfriend, Lisa, and they talk about his films. As Lisa orders two more drinks, someone slips a pill into her drink. Travis leaves to go to work on his latest movie, and Toby, another student that she she's a, doesn't really know, walks over to Lisa and hits on her. Um, he, Lisa leaves, telling him that she can't he he can pay for her drinks, and she starts stumbling as she walks away. That starts to kick in. She stumbles into a coat room where an unseen person sneaks up behind her and throws a plastic bag over her head and suffocates her. Uh, Lisa wakes up sometime later in a bathtub full of ice with a wound on her stomach and sees her kidney on a plate nearby. It's been removed. She sees someone in the other room, what appears to be an abandoned building. They're cleaning like the utensils from cutting her open. She crawls out of the tub and shuts the door as and shuts the door and calls 911 on cell phone. But the operator thinks it's a prank call and hangs up on her. She tries calling out a window with a dog barking outside, right in her face almost. And then uh, the unseen person breaks breaks in. Pulls her back in, breaking the window in the process. He slams the window down, decapitates her, drops her head outside. Then he proceeds to open the window back up and toss her kidney out to the dog to eat. So yeah, starts off pretty uh, bloody like that. Uh, next day, Amy asks Travis if he can look in at her approved script. When Amy tells some fellow student about her movie, Toby pulls her aside, accuses her of stealing his horror genre, and says he will he will take the Hitchcock Award for, Award and she can't have it. It's his, and he can't believe that she's even going for it. But that wasn't really her intention. Um, she had inspiration. Amy goes to see Travis, who is upset he got a C minus on his film, and asks if she knows an available uh, cinematographer, if he knows one, because he needs one for her movie. On the set, three of the film student crew, Stan, Dirk, and some Bud Makeup, uh, and Sandra. Fake, uh, fake an accident with Sandra, plays dead with a cinematographer, Storm with Simon. Come, shows up with his camera. He's got a really nice camera, but the fake accident is like pretended the light dropped. It was just a prank being pulled on, pulled on her. It was not anything to do with the movie. She's laying on the ground with her, like a gash in her head, like she got hit by the light and the light was smashed next to her, but it's all fake. So it was a little bit of fun. Uh, Sandra returns to her dorm room with her, uh, returns for her dorm room keys because as she goes to leave, because, uh, she couldn't find her keys. So she goes back in, sneaks into the studio, microphone camera, approach her, start approaching her from behind the, the nice new camera with a microphone duct tape to it. As she walks through and starts digging through all the bloody like guts and stuff in the horror film and like a shower stall thing. And now she's digging through there because that's where the dog was hanging, fake dog. If she finally finds her keys. Well, then Sandra's being chased on the camera by this unseen killer running through this whole thing. And she just goes there and the, this whole thing. And then they find this footage the next day and it's actually the next day. And they think that it, Amy thinks it's real, but the other things is another one. Sandra's practical jokes because of what she did with the other, with uh, the light and everything. And she's off to supposedly do some kind of um, work on some sitcom or something thing uh, in Hollywood. So that's the story there. They're not looking for They They just left at that. 
Later that day, Amy and the others get news that Travis killed himself, another film student, and Graham Manning talks to Amy, assuring her that Sandra is probably in Los Angeles again, to repeat that again, that she's not to worry about it as part of the uh, part of the series ER is what it was. Uh, Amy goes to the campus tower and she, where she it is said that Travis shot himself over his bad grade. She just doesn't feel that this is possible. So she goes and checks it out. Travis, she runs into Travis's identical twin brother, Trevor, which is really confusing because you think at first Travis is still alive. So that's confusing. I did say he blew his head off. So, you know, kind of wonder for a minute. Tells Amy he thinks Travis did not kill himself. He, he wouldn't do that. He just, he just isn't the type of person. But he tells her not to tell anybody that she saw him. This way here, you can continue to look around, try to get answers to what happened. That, in, that evening, Amy films a scene of the student, um, where the students count down the new year and scream. And while the screaming happens, supposedly that's when the killing happens during the scream. Well, she's filming the screen, uh, the screaming while Simon went outside to smoke a cigarette. That's the cinematographer. And uh, the killer, wearing a fencing mask with a uh, hood and a dark blue sweatsuit, sweatsuit, attacks him with his own camera and beats him to death with his le- the lens. During the screaming that actually happened at the proper time, it was actually... They actually did it at midnight. Amy notices the security camera uh, when she goes out to check on him because she thought she heard the scream through the headset. And he went and talked to the security officer again, uh, the campus security woman. And she got to borrow the two tapes for an hour or so, for about an hour's worth of footage, and sees the actual murder happen. But while she's watching the tape in the studio uh, and sees Simon killed, the hooded fencing mask killer shows up and she locks the door in the studio. He breaks it with uh, something uh, something laying around and busts it open. She winds up wiggling around, able to get away, keeps on going, hides under a piano, a few other things, loses one tape trying to get away because she throws it and makes noise. And then she runs outside. They go, keep going, and down. she winds up falling into the lake, and the tape gets dropped just before she goes in. And all in all, it's just a big mess, but she loses both tapes. So she has no proof. And, of course, they try to talk to the local authorities about it, and no one believes them either because they think, you know, it's there's no proof of anything. So other than that, she talks her into the security guard. Says, they're just going to say it's vandalism. That's all the only proof she had. That evening, uh, Amy and a uh, colleague, Vanessa, the boomer operator for the film, who clearly has a crush on a straight Amy because she's actually... Um, she's gay, but they head over to the Mary Minders uh, location of the tunnel of terror ride scene where the urban legends is, has real dead bodies in the, in a carnival fun ride because Stan and Dick arrive there to set up the bodies and they are murdered, electrocuted and killed both of them. So they get there. They, they, when they take the break, they go through and they go in there. She sends some of the people off to, uh, take a break because she sees, uh, she meets, sees Trevor again. He wanders off and follows the guy that came again, the other director that was mad at her for taking over his horror movie. So he leaves. When he leaves, Trevor goes to follow him and just ensues in this big chase scene, another big chase scene, um, ending in running through a tunnel. And then she winds up getting caught on the camera and the uh, cameras and that's how the security guard finds her again thankfully this time but she didn't see any of the killing unfortunately the next day trevor meets amy in her room and tells her that he followed graham because she's trying to figure out where he went and lost him but lost him the previous night and can't rule him out as a killer as she'd hoped 
They lay down together in Amy's bed where she falls asleep. He has an intimate dream of Trevor and like they were having sex. And then he proceeded to pull the knife out and kill her, uh, stab her. Amy wakes up alone. He's not there. So he left there in the night. Amy sees a light in a tower on the tower because it turns on all all of a sudden. And Vanessa says that she's got Amy's notes when she meets her there. She's at the head of the table. She goes, I didn't write a note. And the two girls uh, run up the tower being followed by the killer at this point. They hide in a room when the when the back door is opened. The killer grabs Vanessa, but leaves Amy locked in the bell room. Amy breaks down the door and finally breaks the lock, the latch open and finds Vanessa dead hanging from the bell tower. That's why the bells are ringing. Amy finds Trevor, who takes her to the li- takes her to the library. He tells her that in his own investigation, all the people that worked on the short film of Gods of Men, his brother's film, are the ones that are dying. Amy notices a, a splice when they watch the, the movie. They they realize the splice and it spliced. The credits were spliced on to a movie that probably wasn't the one he was actually making. So Amy and Trevor waylay Toby as he's driving campus and flagging him down to threaten him because they think that's the other film director. They think it's him. And it wasn't. Uh, flag him down. They threaten him with a gun. Another urban legend, a guy picking up a dead hitchhiker. They make him, they take him to the studio and handcuff him to a chair and accuse him of being the killer. Um, as he's the only surviving member that worked on Travis's film. Just then, Professor Solomon arrives and Trevor, acting as Travis, Trevor is acting as Travis, his brother, says that Toby stole his film. Toby reminds Travis that Travis only did the sound and merely gave the credit to Toby, who has never actually seen the film. Suddenly, Solomon breaks out a gun and shoots Toby. Trevor goes for the gun and Amy runs. Solomon knocks Trevor aside and holds him at gunpoint. Professor tells Amy that many years ago, her father was the one that the judges cast a deciding deciding vote against him for the Hitchcock Award uh, in the past. Solomon explains that what Amy Amy came into his office that day with her idea about making a horror film about their legend as a serial killer. He decided to kill all those who worked on Travis's film and frame her for the killing so she could steal Travis. He could steal Travis's film and submit it as his own because it was that good. Graham comes out of the hiding and swings a chair at Solomon, who ducks, and the four of them battle over the gun as Reese's, Reese arrives and the security guard and points her own gun at all of them. Unsure who's the killer. She's really not sure. Fanning instant, Solomon reminds Reese that the killer reminds Reese that Amy is the killer because she saw running from the tower a few hours ago when Vanessa was killed. But Reese realizes this and points the gun at the professor, saying she never told anyone she saw Amy running from the tower. Solomon knows this only if he's the killer. Solomon punches Reese and she punches him back. During the struggle, the prop guns get mixed up with all the real guns. Amy, Trevor, and Solomon each grab a gun. Trevor and Solomon get a click and nothing happens. Amy has the gold-trimmed like uh, gun that the security guard had, so it's obvious she had a real gun. And she tries to pass the gun to Reese. Solomon jumps her and gets shot in the back. Reese then places him under arrest and as Amy and Trevor embrace, Graham also finds Toby who's still, who's still alive. Thankfully, some months later, Trevor's accepting the Alfred Hitchcock award on behalf of his late brother's film. When a creepy PA uh, Kevin perched at the top of the walkway attempts to shoot Trevor as he's accepting the award and gets he gets shot down by Reese, as she notices it just in time. Uh, Kevin falls off the scaffolding onto a larger airbag below and, and then you hear Amy yell cut. This is the last scene of Amy's very in, first independent funded movie titled Urban Legends with her directing. It wasn't actually, no one is in danger for this part. 
Trevor is a leading role, Toby as the assistant director, and most of the crew acting parts. While Graham uh, talks on his cell phone nearby, Amy's manager discusses the film's upcoming completion and future premiere. So it looks like she got her way. However, in the final scene a few months later, TV set showing Amy's complete film is turned off by Nurse. While a dazed and near catatonic Solomon, now confined to a wheelchair from his gunshot wound, is now residing in an insane asylum, having watched Amy's completed movie, Solomon is wheeled away by the room by a familiar-looking nurse whom, Brenda Bates, wide-eyed killer from the first Urban Legend movie, and inspiration to his new film, and she says, we have a lot in common. And that's how the movie ends. So it's like, yeah, interesting. Um, before I get my uh, my final thoughts on this, Lando, what are the numbers and such on this one? Oh, well, this one wasn't rated very well by Rotten Tomato. They gave it a 9% with the audience score of 20, which I disagree with both of those. It did get a 78% from Google. This movie had a budget of $14 million and it only made $38.6 million in the box office. Uh, when it comes to my overall thoughts, personally, I liked this one a little bit more than the original one that we reviewed in the past. It had better deaths, a better cast, a better look for the killer, and a better amount of blood and gore, in my opinion. Not saying that the first one sucked, but I just liked this one much better. Not all sequels suck. So um, yeah, I also liked how the killer used urban legends to kill people just like they did in the first movie as i've said in other movies that we've reviewed like this i love horror movies that you don't know who the killer is till they're unmasked in the final scene so there's that i also liked how they give you the plot twist at the end where you see the professor in a psych ward and then the nurse is actually the killer from their first movie so i like that little plot twist at the end so with that being said, I gave this one a rating of five skulls. So five for five for me for this episode. What about you there, Tim? Yeah, this one here had more gore than the first one, better plot. And yes, the first time I ever watched this, I did not know who the killer was until, until it was really revealed. Never would have guessed him, would have guessed possibly the other guy in the office that was there, the other professor, the one that was complaining about her, but I never would have guessed him. He played it very cool. I almost wonder if they told him ahead of time, <laughs> you know, or didn't even let him see the whole thing. It's like, yeah, hey, you're, you're the killer at the end, but you don't know this now. I don't know. He did extremely good acting. Lots and lots of blood and gore. You had a little bit of, you know, some action for your fun times too, during the whole sex scene. Not as much as like Lando's movie. Alice, you see naked too at the very beginning. It's like, and yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, this one here was also for me a five of five, five skull rating. Yeah. This is a very good episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that'll be it for this episode. So, as always, you can email us with movie suggestions or questions or anything at whatinthehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on our Twitter. That's whatinthehorrorpodcast, all one word. We also have a Discord with a small amount of people. You can join that if you want to. But, as always, I've been Lando. And I've been Tim. And we are the fuck out of here. You were listening to What in the Horror. See you next time. <laughs>